Thank you, God. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all for coming. And I, you know, I tell you, it, it, <laughs> I shared with Phil earlier, it has been a trying couple of days, so uh, we'll see how this message goes. Uh, you know, uh, the enemy was at work uh, hacking into my accounts and uh, been on the phones yesterday and today and someplace, not, still not getting nowhere. On the phone mm. for two hours and still didn't get anywhere. Mm. And, and no resolution to anything. And, uh, you know, I told Phil, I said, there was only one that came through, and that was American Express. Mm. All right? So just like the old commercial used to say, never leave home without it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thank God for them because they answered the phone quickly and took care of Whatever, whatever, you know, what, what need to be taken care of right away. Amen. And, uh, but I, I said it to say because, uh, you know, years ago when I first got saved, you know, the old pocket Bibles that they used to give out, right? I had a green one, and that was my American Express. I never left home without it. I always carried it in my shirt pocket when I was in the Navy, and anytime I was sitting somewhere, I was just opening it up and read it, right? And, and, and God just honored that and, and blessed that. Praise God. You know, uh, yeah, praise him because he, he he's good, and I, you know I tell you I was feeling it a certain kind of way before service, you know. But you know, thank God, God is good. You know, he he fights our battles, right? He, he fights our battles, and uh, you know he would never leave us or forsake us. You know, regardless of what the enemy tries to do, God is still in control. Right? God is still in control, and you know we are His children. We, we are his sheep, yes. right? And, and that's what I'm going to be talking about, the sheep today, the sheep and the shepherd. And I don't know how much I'm going to get through today, but at least that's what I'm going to try to talk about. <laughs> you know, because, you know, the church and, and even in the Old Testament, all throughout the Bible, you know, there is a relationship between the sheep and the shepherd, Amen. right? And, uh, you know, we have all sorts of prominent shepherds in the Bible, mm -hmm. right? We had Abraham, right? We have Moses, mm -hmm. Right, we have Jethro, right, we have Laban, Isaac, Jacob, right, the prophet Amos, right, uh, they were all, all shepherds, and the most prominent one, Jesus, was a shepherd, right, Je Jesus is the true shepherd, right, Jesus is the true shepherd, and every person, every born again believer is a sheep, right, no matter what position they hold, no matter whether or not they're a bishop, or over a bunch of churches, they're still the sheep. Yeah, we are all sheep. Yeah. And that's something we can't ever forget, and that's something that we all have to remember, right? So, yes. in biblical times, the imagery of the shepherd and his flock provided a picture of the way God cared for his people, and also served as a model for human leaders who were to rule over people as a shepherd tended his flock, right? So, as leaders, we should never be overbearing on people, right? Especially in the church. We should see about the flock, we should care about the people. That, and, and first and foremost, that's what we should do, right? And we'll, we'll, we'll get to something here in a moment. And um, because what I've noticed about the modern day church over the last, well, before I start on that, churches over the years have gone in spurts with different teachings and, and, and different movements and things like that. We, we, we've seen it over the years, you know, and some good movements, right? And, and some not necessarily scriptural. But nevertheless, people have come into the kingdom, uh, people got filled with the Holy Ghost, and the Spirit of God still moved, right? And now, over the last few years, we have come to where churches have become more evangelistic-minded, right? And that's a good thing, right? Because we are all called to evangelize, right? But we 
we have to be careful in that because what happens is if the church becomes so focused minded where every message is geared toward evangelism the sheep never get fed hmm. and the people are not disciples right so if the if the if the pastor and the leaders every message that they teach everything is geared towards the evangelists towards the outside how do the people on the inside get fed right and, and, and trust me, those churches they, they welcome people in just like you know we welcome anybody in, you know married single divorced doesn't matter we welcome anybody in right and but we have to be careful because what happens is those churches they will get people in and they will work them to death they'll put you to work and they'll work 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 and every ministry under those churches like that are towards evangelism right and what happens is that the people on the inside start to begin to suffer right and then as you go through and then you start you're wondering what's going on what's going on and you start to feel like you're starting to starve Right? Because there's not enough discipleship going on. Because everything is geared towards out there. Right? Amen. And it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Because we are called to evangelize. Right? So don't take it the wrong way. But I'm talking about gearing one way. And that's all the church is focused on. We have to be careful of that. Because that's not a shepherd and a sheep relationship. Right? And I attribute something like that when I was probably about 12 I think I was about 11 or 12, and my aunt bought me a weight set, right? So what I started to do was, nobody taught me how to lift. I didn't know how to lift, so I went and got some milk crates from the store. That was my bench. So all I would do was bench, 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 bench. So what got big? Chest and shoulders. And my friends started to take notice, right? However, my legs got no work. <laughs> My legs got no work, and really, I didn't work out my arms. My arms got a little bit because they got looser, but nobody told me how to work out the biceps and the triceps and the forearms and things like that, right? So, again, if we get so caught up in evangelism, we neglect the sheep and the, to the disciple, we become unbalanced like I was, <laughs> right? So, now I was big up here, but little down here. Right, just like those old, old cartoons used to show. My wife wanted me to stop talking. <laughs> but <laughs> it's the truth. It's true. But we, we, we have to be careful like that because you can starve in ministries like that and then you really want the Word of God. You really want to be taught. And then if you go to the pastor, it will become feed yourself. Right? Feed yourself. Right. And, and so, oh, no, we're going to do this. We're going to have this. And then it never materializes because everything is geared towards the loss. Right. And that's not really scriptural. Not really. It is not scriptural because it makes us unbalanced and we will starve as believers. And that explains a lot of times why we see Christians go in and out of churches and they're starving because they're not being fed a proper diet. Alright, so we'll, we'll, we'll start here, uh, John chapter 10, John chapter 10, we'll, we'll start here, I'm going I'm to read through this, and then we're going to uh, jump down to something. <laughs> so while we are all caught, we are all sheep, and I think I said this before, we should all have someone almost to mentor us and we should mentor other people. 
Right? We, we should help other people, especially younger Christians. We should be there for them. Right? And, 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 and that's Bible, right? Because even, what, the mothers in the church should help the young women. Right? Because then we see a lot of young women in the day, they don't know how to carry themselves. Why? Because they're getting taught by the world. They're getting taught by music videos and things like that. And, again, the church is not teaching this. Alright, so John chapter 10, verse 1. Most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Amen. Verse 5. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger. But will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. So I may know we should never know the voice of a stranger. Right? But sometimes we can get caught up in knowing the voice of a stranger. We, 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 we can hear and watch somebody. And then we're like, well, we'll overlook it only because of how popular they may be in the ministry. But if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, we got to cut it loose. we got to cut it loose. All right, so just painting the picture of the sheepfold here. Back in the day, the, uh, the sheep and the shepherd, the shepherd would take his sheep and put them in a, plant, in, in a pen, and they would be gathered with other sheep. And sometimes they will be in a, uh, like a cavern, like a cave as well. And they put him in there, and the shepherd was standing at the door. So when the, when the shepherd came to call his own sheep, he would call his he would, he would call out he would have a signal his call to call his sheep, and only his sheep will come. And, and I don't know if y'all saw. There's a video on YouTube where a shepherd you saw. Yeah, there's a video on YouTube where a shepherd he he has people come up to test and do a call, and the sheep don't move. But when the shepherd comes up, the sheep perk up, their ears perk up, and then they start coming to the shepherd, right? That's how we have to be. We have to respond to the shepherd. And again, the true shepherd is Jesus Christ. Amen. Right? We can't get caught up in responding to a stranger. Right? Amen. So a stranger here actually means an enemy. So what will make an enemy? Anything that goes against the word of God. Amen. That's an enemy. Anybody that tries to teach against the word of God, anybody that tries to compromise against the word of God is an enemy to God. Right? So... We, we have to be careful. We have, and the only way we can know His voice is by spending time with Him and spending time in His Word. Amen? Amen. Alright, so let's keep going. So verse, what that? verse 6. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand the things which He spoke to them. Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they might have life more abundantly. Verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Now, let's stop right there. So I wondered about that. I was like, well, Lord, 
If you have a shepherd, let's say you have a pastor in the church, you mean to tell me if they see somebody coming, they're just going to get up and leave the church? Now, I do know a couple that did that. Yes. <laughs> right? But, here's the thing. It doesn't just mean that. Right? It also means sometimes when, a lot of times, when you have people coming to the, into the house and the pastor can see certain things on the people, you can see that the enemy is coming for them, struggling, see something is off, and then ignores it. That is a form of fleeing as well. Mm -hmm. So we have to be careful that, again, the shepherd should know his sheep, right? So understand, Jesus is a true shepherd. Everybody else could be under shepherds, all right? So we have to be, we, we have to understand that as even as under shepherds, we should know the sheep, we should know the people, we should know when something is off, right? So I've said this before, where I know sometimes we come in here, especially on Wednesday, I can see when some of you have been off, right? Something has been bothering you, right? And then sometimes the Lord may leave me to say something. Sometimes the Lord tell me, be quiet. Because, it, well, I say that to say, because it may be once we get through prayer, you might be okay, right? Case in point, can I use you as an example? Wednesday, right? I can tell when you came in, something was, something was bothering you. There was a disconnect there. But... Like you said at the end, once you needed the prayer, right? Once you had the prayer, things start to lift off, right? Amen. And that's okay. Now, when that doesn't happen, now the, the, the shepherd's got to step in and say, what's going on, right? It could be shepherd coming in to speak to the person. could be the shepherd coming in to pray for the person. But if the under-shepherd is not concerned about the person and more concerned about the visitor, or someone outside the church, then once again, the sheep does not get flooded, right? So we, 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 we have to understand because what has been going on in churches nowadays is we haven't seen a lot of times true shepherds, right? People see them as, because, and, and we're going to get to a script chapter here maybe. Uh, but all right, so let's go on. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my, my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Alright, so we are the other sheep. We are the other sheep. Now what does Jesus say here? There will be one flock. One flock, one shepherd. Why do we have so many different denominations? Why do we have so many churches, so many pastors getting jealous of this one and that one when we're supposed to be one? Right? We're supposed to be one flock. Right? One flock under one shepherd, but yet we're all going in different directions. Right? Now explain to me how if we're all born again Christians and we have the same Holy Spirit on the inside of us, I believe one thing, you believe one thing, you believe the Holy Spirit's not going against the Word of God. Right? And I asked somebody, asked me, I think, uh, this week, matter of fact, they said, uh, they asked, well, what denomination are you? And I'm like, well, you're not a denomination. And I really didn't want to say non-denominational, right? And then uh, I said, look, we, we'll do the book, right? We'll we, we do the book, right? We'll holiness, we'll do the book. So I'm not going to say we're non-denominational, but we don't carry a denomination, but we're going to do the Word of God. That, that that's, that's what we do, right? So... We are one flock, one flock under one shepherd, and Jesus is that shepherd. 
So we shouldn't have different philosophies and things like that. All right, uh, verse 17. Therefore my, therefore, my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down and have power to take it again. This command I have received from my Father. Therefore, there was a division among the Jews because of these sayings. And many of them said, He has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Others said, These are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? So they, they were... Now, Jesus performed all these miracles. Now, there was no reason why the religious leaders could not see he was the Messiah. All the evidence was there. Right? But they chose to ignore willfully. Okay? So, verse 22... Now it was the feast of dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter, and Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear me witness. But you do not believe, because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. Now, how many shepherds would say that? Remember what I talked about a couple weeks ago, right? Jesus didn't care to everybody. And uh, he was straight to the point. You are not my sheep. All right? You are not my sheep. Okay? You're going to be my sheep. You're going to know my voice. You're going to hear my voice. And you're not going to listen to a stranger. So some the ones who are calling him saying, oh, he's a demon, they listen to the voice of a stranger. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, thank God, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. All right? So we have to understand that, again, we are sheep under one shepherd, right? And then there's under-shepherds, right? But if the under-shepherd is not following the true shepherd, then there's going to be a disconnect. There's going to be a disconnect because with the people and that what happens is that under shepherd is in danger of becoming a wolf mm. right so we have to be careful of that so understand like I said we are all sheep and we are all called to the ministry everybody understand that right mm. every born again believer is called to the ministry right either they're functioning in it now or they're being discipled and taught in preparation for that so let's go to Ephesians Ephesians 4. So now, if everything, if all we do is focusing on the outside, then how do we prepare for the ministry? Because we have to understand. So uh, let's see. I'll start at verse 11. All right. Familiar text. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for what? The perfecting of the saints. Right? For the perfecting of the saints. So what is a perfecting of the saints? Perfecting means a complete furnishing. Equipping. Right? So we can't have a ministry that's just geared towards one thing. Right? It doesn't mean whether it could be evangelistic, whether it's just faith, whether it's even just holiness. Right? It has to be in order for everybody has to be equipped fully. So that's what perfecting is means. Perfecting being complete furnishing. Alright? For the work 
of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. So, again, so this is saying for all the believers are, are for the perfecting of the saints. That's what the fivefold ministry is for. And for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So that word work there also means, even when we, we talked about it before, even when we go out for our day-to-day -day jobs, right? That is a part of work in the ministry, right? We cannot neglect that. We can't downplay that because everybody's not called to necessarily go out there and be a witness to somebody on the street. You may have to be a witness to your job. Some people may need to be a witness to their family members, okay? Some people may need to be a witness to their neighbors, right? Because the Lord presents that opportunity to us. So we can't ignore it, right? We can't think, we can't get caught up in, in focusing on one avenue, one way. That's not being a true sheep. That's not being a true sheep. And what else is the fivefold ministry to do? Till we all come in the unity of the faith. Till we all come into the unity of the faith. Again. We should not have different denominations. This one believe in one thing. This one believe in another thing. And so on. Right? That's not being in the unity of the faith. That's not being on one accord. That shouldn't be. Alright. And of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That henceforth what? Be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine mm -hmm. by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Right? So we're coming up here in a few weeks. Then I'm going to start talking about false teachers and false prophets. Right? Why? Because it's all throughout the Bible. It's all in the New Testament. Right? So just like I talked about how holiness is in there, so is false teaching and, and false prophets. And, and they warn us. Jesus warns us. Paul warns us. Peter warns us. John warns us. They're in the church already. They're in the church. Where we get focused sometimes thinking about somebody like David Koresh. We get focused sometimes thinking about the Mormons, right? But these false teachers are right here in the church, right? Not this church, but in the church as a whole, right? So, and, and, I, I, and I used to shy away from the Jehovah Witness and Mormons when they come to the door. I don't do that no more. I, I, I witness to them, right? And sometimes they leave frustrated. They leave frustrated, right? And I give them the word. And I don't get frustrated with them. I just give them the word until eventually they get frustrated and they leave. Right? But I give them the truth. Right? They, they want to come and give me some. I'm going to give them something. Right? I'm going to give them the truth. Because what they're giving is not the truth. Right? But they think about this. They've been taught this stuff. Right? Even in the, uh, what's the Kingdom Hall, Jehovah's Witness. Right? Even the Mormon. They go to training for this stuff. Right? So... How, if we don't disciple the people, how are they going to get taught? Right? If we're so geared towards everything out there, right? We, 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 have to, we have to be careful of that. We have to be careful of that. Let's go to Matthew 25 because that's where a, 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 a lot of this stuff comes from. And we're going to see here that Matthew 25 actually has nothing to do with the church today. Right? Now, we can apply the principle of it. Matthew 25, verse 31. Actually, I wouldn't even uh, attend to go through all that. So. Mm. 
Alright, so Matthew 25, beginning at verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory, and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. Alright, so let me preface this. So what Jesus is talking about, obviously His letters are in red, so we know it's Jesus. What's taking place here, He is talking about what's going to happen right before the millennium. These Christians He's talking about here are the ones who are going to make it through the tribulation. He is not talking about us today. Okay? So, we're going to see that. So, but, we can still apply the principle today. And that's what a, a, a lot of ministries do. They, they use this scripture here, but let's see who Jesus is actually talking about. Alright. All the nations, verse 32, all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his, divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom, prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. Mm -hmm. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. We all heard these scriptures before, right? Yeah. All right, verse 37. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Who is he talking to here? He's not talking to people on the outside. He's saying, my brother. Who is his brother? The believers. Amen. The believers. Because what happens is a lot of times we neglect the body. Mm -hmm. We neglect the body. We, <coughs> I can think of one church that I've been in that I visited multiple times where they did outreach, but they also did inreach. Right? Because most of the time, when we do outreach, we neglect the people, the members inside the house, right? And we focus, we always focus on outreach, 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 but then we neglect inreach, right? So the same blessings we should get that we give to the poor, and I'm not saying we don't do those things, we do those things, right? But if we get so caught up unbalanced, then again, the sheep become malnourished. Yeah. And we have to be careful of that. So again, we, we hear this scripture. Talked about, matter of fact, I'm going to read it in a couple translations. Alright, so this is the Passion Translation. And the king will answer them, uh, the same verse, uh, verse 40. And the king will answer them, don't you know when you care for one of the least of these, my little ones, my true brothers and sisters, you demonstrated love for me. New Living Translation says, and the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. The king will answer and say to them, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, to the extent that you did it for one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it for me. So Christ is talking about the believers, right? So we have to take care of the sheep, right? And, and understand, it's not just for the pastor to take care of the sheep, but it's for all of us to also take care of the sheep, right? Because we, we have some baby sheep. Right? Some sheep that, that need to be mature and maybe need to be pampered, right? And, and that's okay. 
But we have to be able to discern those things. Okay? Verse 41. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you curse it, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick, and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also... Then they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So I say this to say this. Uh, we have the poor. You know, we, it's like I even said Wednesday, if you know somebody in need, we, we will be a blessing in that, right? The Lord, Lord has blessed us financially, right? The Lord has blessed us financially. But we also to take care of the sheep as well, right? So it's the same way I said that, you know, um, if you all have a need, please let us know, right? <laughs> Don't just sit up there and be prideful and say, hey, you know, whatever. But we're to take care of the sheep as well, right? We can't get so caught up and focusing on the outside world so much that the sheep get get uh, neglected. So we we have to take care of our sheep. That's what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about his brethren, his brothers and sisters. That you heard me read in different translations, right? But yet we utilize the scripture for the outside world, but that's not taking the scripture in context here. So, yeah, we can apply the principle to it because, yeah. But even when he talks about in Israel, when he, in the Old Testament, he was talking about a lot of times taking a, a care of the poor. He was talking about Israel, the people there, right? Because he doesn't want his people neglected, right? So think about this even in Matthew 25 during the tribulation period, right? There are going to be people who are going to be in jail. There are going to be people who are not going to have food, right? So you're going to need other Christians to take care of. Now, prayerfully, we won't be here. For the revelation, you know, preferably won't be here, but those Christians that are that will be here, and those that get saved during that time, they're gonna have to take care of them. Right? They're gonna have to protect other sheep who can't fend for themselves, who can't take care of themselves. Right? So that's what this is talking about. That's those who want to do right, right? So even I'm not gonna mention it, but even the person in Richmond that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks, right? She wants to get better. She, she, she wants to be delivered. Right? So that is different. So we will go there and we will see about her. Right? Because, yes, she's dealing with some things, but, you know, God blows my mind every time. Right? Even the fact that he cleared her up. Just like that. Right? But then the enemy tried to come back. Right? And try to remind her. <laughs> right? And cause unforgiveness to come back up in her. Right? To try to, because he doesn't want her set free. He doesn't want her set delivered. He doesn't want anybody out there who's trying to do right and live right. Right? And, and like I said, some people, like I talked about the weeks and the tears, some people have been offended by the tears. So they left the church, right? It is not of God for any born again believer to not be a part of a church. Mm. In a fellowship. That's not the word. Amen. Right? And I've had people tell me that. But that's not scriptural. So, and they will say, well, God told me not to go to church, to stay out. That's not, that's not the Bible. God didn't tell you that. No. 
There's, there's no way that in the Bible. So where are we getting this stuff from? But we're, we're making stuff up as we go, right? Again, it becomes the doctrine of man, right? It's a doctrine of man. But we have to take care of those who want to do right, right? We, we see about them. We, we pray for them. And that's what we need to be about, right? And that's what I'm talking about, ministry, right? So even when we go out and do outreach, we're not going to go out there and just do outreach just to go out there and feed them. No, we're going to pray and we're going to see people deliver. Amen. Right? They're going to feel the presence of God. Right? So we we all are gifted. We all have an anointing. We all have the presence of God on the inside of us. Right? We don't have to fake anything. Right? We're going to go and we're going to pray and we're going to lay hands on the sick and we're going to see people recover. Right? It's no more this going by the flesh. Right? And, and just doing things just to do things. That's not what Jesus did. Right? Jesus called us to be like him. Right? And greater works. That's what we're going to do, right? Because, as a matter of fact, in, in John, I'll go back to John chapter 10. Let's see if I find it. Verse uh, uh, 37. <laughs> verse 37, if I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. Right? So Jesus is saying, look, he's not just talking, but he's walking the walk. Okay? Verse 38, but if I do, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. So, we don't have to be afraid and think, because I can tell you, even I go and somebody asks for prayer, I'm ready to go. But then the enemy will come say, what if it don't work? What if it don't work? Right? Because the enemy, like I said, he's going to be that, I said this before, he's going to be that second voice to try to stop. Right? Mm -mm. Nope. We're going to go and we're going to believe in faith and we're going to see signs and wonders. Right? We're not going to be a ministry that's just talking about it, but we're going to be about it. Right? Spirit of God has moved here before and that's what we're going to operate in. Right? So even Mother, when the Chinese couple that came from Georgia that time, right? How you remember how you you prayed with the woman, right? Yeah. She felt something, right? Yeah. I knew she needed that, right? <laughs> she needed that because she hadn't experienced things in the spiritual like that, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of people like that, right? Because ministries, not Christians themselves, are not inviting the Holy Ghost in mm -hmm. because they probably don't even know about the Holy Ghost, Jesus. right? And, and but yet. We got people going out and, and trying to evangelize, but they don't even know the basics. And an example of that is I was at a church one time, and we were in a meeting getting ready to do a planning for an evangelism event. And uh, this is a person that was married to a pastor, right? And then she says, well, I'm paraphrasing, um, can't remember the exact words, but it's something along the lines, she didn't know that the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost were the same yeah. Now, how can she be effective in that, right? So I went and I talked to the pastor about it. I said, hey, I think we might need to teach some things before we go because, look, there are some people out there that will challenge your faith, right? There are some people out there that will challenge your faith. 
And what I was told was, no, nah, don't worry about it. We, you know, we're going to go out and again, evangelize. So you're not taking care of the sheep. Yeah, you're not taking care of the sheep because you're more concerned about the people out there because, again, you're trying to build up your ministry. Mm. Right? And, 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 and when I say that there's people out there, because I've mentioned it before, that, yeah, there's going to come a falling away. I, I know a pastor, he, he's very good, strong in the Lord, and his son was a praise and worship singer. And he fell away. He fell away. And he's seen the move of God. Right? But he got into a certain movement that wasn't a God. Right? And he unfortunately he's still in that movement. Right? But there's a lot of people that are that that are falling away. Right? But there are sheep out there that are scattered. Right? There are sheep that are scattered. They're scattered because they've been hurt. They 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 I mean, not just by the church, but by the family members, right? Um, we're going to go and gather the sheep up, right? And it, like I said, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to come here, but that they will be made whole. Amen. That's what Jesus did, right? Amen. That's what Jesus did because sometimes, and see, that's the purpose also of the five-fold ministry, right? You have the evangelists that go out and say, hey, all right, let me take it, get the person, win the person to the Lord, and then get them in a place of fellowship and worship. Why? So they can be disciples. Right? And then the pastor shepherds them and says, hey, I got some teachers. Let me teach you. Right? And then now they go, right? And, and, and you start winning other people in the area. Now you send the apostle out. Right? To help them get established. Right? And then you still have the prophet that's still be in the church. Right? Because the role of the prophet is to lead people back to holiness. Right? It's not all about foretelling or what God's going to do, but it's to lead people back to holiness. And we've forgotten about that. Right? But we're not going to be about that here, right? So we we have to have faith and trust in God to go out in power, right? In power. Because there's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. The, you know, and like I said, we're not going to just be one of those ministries that talk about it because I've been in churches where people are speaking saying, oh, you don't know what type of miracle this is. No, that ain't no miracle. That's just somebody that, no. Because it, it, if you got to say those things, then that tells me it's not a miracle, right? Because it's not about me. It's not about the ministry, but it's about Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what's being glorified, right? Jesus always glorified the Father. Amen. Always glorified the Father, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not about the ministry because if we're a church, if we, again, the church is not a building. It's like my wife read about the vision, right? It's not about the building. That's not what he said in Matthew, mm -hmm. right? No. But we're a called out body of believers to go out into the places that others won't go. Right? And be a representative of Jesus. And, and you know, Jesus had to go. He had to go because the disciples, they would have never become true apostles if Jesus was still there because they were still relying on him. Right? He, they was, but Jesus was teaching them the whole way. He was, he was not only just teaching them in word, but he was teaching them in demonstration and in power and letting them know what they could do. But he said what? Don't go out. Wait for the power of the Holy Ghost. Wait for the Holy Ghost, right? Until you're being doing in power, right? Because now you get filled and then now you go with the overflow and now it's not no longer your strength. It becomes his strength, Amen. right? And then now you won't grow weary, Amen. right? And so again, all glory goes to God, right? Amen. We're giving all glory Amen. to Jesus, right? So we're going to go, yes. and um, 
I know we've been talking about we 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 go downtown and everything, and um, I'll talk about this later. But um, but yeah, we're gonna go out in power in the Lord, and that's what we're gonna do. And understand, you can do this in your own neighborhood. You can do this <laughs> at your job as you like, right? You can do this in a grocery store. That that's what this is about for us to be mobile, right? For us to be mobile. Not bring somebody to church. That wasn't, that wasn't what the church was designed for, to bring the lost into the church. The church was designed to teach and disciple the believers, mm -hmm. not to make converts. Does it mean that somebody who's unsaved can't get? No, they can come in and still get saved, yes. But we get discipled, then we go out and we mobilize out there. And then we make disciples, right? We get them converted, and then we make disciples. Right? We build them up and we, we, we teach them. Amen. Right? And, and then, I mean, like I said, it, when you are bringing the Holy Ghost, it's fun. It, 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 it's fun. It is fun. And, and, it, and it's like, man, because God just amazes you each and every Amen. time. You know, no matter yeah. what you've seen, no matter, you know, no matter what miracles you even experience in your own life, when, when, when He moves again, you just, oh. at least I am. I, I'm amazed. Amen. I'm amazed, right? And again, I don't have to lie about it. Say what somebody else did. I can tell you about what I did. What not what I did. What God did through me, right? Amen. Only because I was faithful and obedient, right? It's nothing about my holiness. Am I just like Peter and John said when the lame man got healed? Why do you marvel, right? Amen. Like it's our power. Amen. It's not, Hallelujah. right? It's not our power, right? So that, look, all we got to do is be a willing vessel. Right? You'd be hard-pressed to find any time in the Bible where God moved without a person. Amen. You'd be hard-pressed to find that. Right? Even when, they, when the Israelites go on the part in the Red Sea, what did he tell Moses to do? Right? right? He's going to move through us. We just have to believe. We just have to believe. Right? And then as the miracles start to happen, then people begin to wonder what's going on. Right? What, 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 what is this power? Where did you get this power from? Right? Because understand that they had believers, even in the early church, they hadn't received the baptism. Right? And they said, what baptism were you baptized? Under John. Right? But they were still believers. Right? But once they got caught up in the Holy Ghost, right, there was something different. Right? They were able to go out in power. Right? And it's not just for the adults. It's for the kids as well. Right? And that's what this is about. Right? And it's about bringing glory to Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Amen.